Welcome to Drink Beer, Think Beer, the podcast that gets to the bottom of every pint. I'm John Hall. Sam Masato of Bond Place Brewing in Pennsylvania is here for a conversation about hospitality, food, and fun. It's a special episode recorded at the brewery in front of an enthusiastic crowd. First up, though, please go visit allaboutbeer.com. There you can find original articles, news, reviews, insights, and podcasts. You can listen to shows like Beer Travelers, Brewer to Brewer, and the All About Beer podcast simply by searching All About Beer wherever you listen to shows. This show and all of the work we do, it's supported by you. Please go visit patreon.com slash allaboutbeer. A few bucks goes a long way to keep the content fresh and to fund writers, photographers, creators, and editors. And if you'd like to learn more about advertising on this show, please email info at allaboutbeer.com. Speaking of that, you know that's the sound of another sale on your online Shopify store. But did you know Shopify powers selling in person too? That's right. Shopify is the sound of selling everywhere, online, in-store, on social media, and beyond. Take customers from picking it out to picking it up. Shopify syncs in-store inventory with Google. So when local customers search for that thing that they want that you have, bam, you're there. Demand meets supply. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash drinkbeer. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash drinkbeer to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash drinkbeer. It is the humble peanut butter and jelly sandwich that brings us together for this episode. When the craft brewery cookbook, what I was working on a couple years ago, was coming together, I reached out to brewers about their favorite pairings and possible recipe inclusion in the book. Sam Masato of Bombois Brewing in Bethlehem, PA, made a full-throated case for a fancy peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Both tickled and intrigued, I eventually put it in the book. Now, more than a year later, we sat together in his brewery, which he founded with wife Gina, for an evening with friends, eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, and drinking Cezanne that he aged on various fruits from a local farm. We're going to talk about all of that, along with the role of hospitality and coming together. All of this feels appropriate for a Thanksgiving week show. Here's our conversation. I've been thinking a lot about this conversation in advance and I, I've been fortunate to come out here I don't know how many times now to uh, your wonderful brewery and every time I'm here I, I think about how what you and Gina have created with this space and how you're brewing with intention and how you have made um, a, a brewery that people want to come to you're making the beers that you want to make you're not necessarily conforming to the larger outside norms and I, I wonder where we are in 2023 right now with so much uncertainty in, in the industry. And I know everybody's feeling squeezes in different levels, but is Bond Place right now what you envisioned it to be when you both opened up? Like, are you here? Is this the, is this the vision? I, I think it's actually more where I envisioned it now than it was when we first opened. I think really? we, be, we became a bit of a, I don't want to say a busy college bar, but we, I want to say a busy college bar pretty quickly, and that's not what I envisioned from Bond Place. What did you envision for Bond Place in the beginning? Well, what you're looking at now, you know, uh, drinking Plan B and talking to you. <laughs> And eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. That was on the original menu, by the way. There was, there was a food menu, right? So we had a food yeah. menu, and 
we had assumed we would be distributing so much beer and we'd be filling growlers and you know maybe one day packaging in bottles and things like this. We didn't think we would be a pub, like a pub so much as we as we became. So I would say now with where the where the market is and where the consumer is, we're more where I envisioned us. I I'm having a hard time reconciling that because when I think of your beers, um, and I'm drinking Mui right now, which I, I've enjoyed for years. It is, I think, on every serious beer drinker's uh, must-drink list. Um, I mean, you're not you're not going to take over grocery retail with a with a pub ale. Not yet, at least. Okay. <laughs> Do you think there's a market for? Well, I mean, maybe in New Jersey or something. I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't seem to be in the Lehigh Valley. No, you're right. But but the beers that you're making though are so conducive to this cozy atmosphere. Sure. Like I don't think about that as necessarily like the college bar atmosphere um, when it comes to you know dollar can night or something. Right. So I guess well in that reconciliation in that case I did envision it to be what you see before you and that is a pub atmosphere where people feel comfortable and they're, yeah. you know. Um, so I maybe I misspoke. Maybe I meant to say I didn't envision it becoming a slightly busy college bar. Okay. So quickly, especially. I envisioned more this and what it has become, and that's, you know, some place where people can enjoy a quiet pint and good conversation and uh, what, you know, some people would call good crack or I don't know. I don't know what the Americans don't have a word for this. Is good that crack? Yeah, I'm not really I'm Irish, not, I'm, so I, don't I can't know that. speak to that. Are there any Irish know. folks in the house? It's a, yeah, good crack, right? So it's the gemutlichkeit. The okay, I get that from the church. Yeah, right. Okay. So uh, I wasn't sure if like good crack was hearkening back to Bethlehem's darker days. <laughs> just the, whoa! Uh, in 2015, when we signed our lease here, there was a lot of good crack around. That's for sure. Um, Some bad stuff too. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. I never tried it, but uh, at that time. So yeah. I didn't. Uh, so I, I think we're saying the same thing. Okay. You know, I didn't anticipate it becoming what it was in 2017, 18. Yeah. And I didn't. I didn't. I was not upset by it. It just wasn't. It wasn't what I envisioned. This is more what I envisioned. So yes. Are you? When I go to breweries with intention, when I go to places that are making the beers that they want to make, when they're putting the stuff out that, that, that they believe in and that they know how to make well, invariably the conversation turns to, well, then there's this guy in the other day and he was asking how many, like, why don't we don't have nine hazies on mm -hmm. right now? Like, how, you know, how, how much is this uh, pub ale double dry hopped? Uh, mm -hmm. How come there's no mosaic uh, in your dark mild? Mm -hmm. um, you know, questions along those lines. Ha has that ever been a conversation you're shaking your head that's not a conversation that happens no here. I don't think those people know about us okay <laughs> <laughs> they don't want to know about us you know it's it's never been it's never been exposed I, I think they come in and they're confused by everything and maybe they've heard something that they didn't No, we don't really get that we don't get the can I get a Miller light really? we never have no okay no you know the uh, when I say busy college bar I think even in those days when the the undergrads and the, it was mostly graduate students and faculty and staff, but when the undergrads would come in, they seemed to have a certain level of, of, edu uh, of beer knowledge, at least, okay. um, coming in. And they would want something maybe a bit more hop forward or something like this, or stronger. Th those were typical. Okay. So we're typical in that way, I would say, but we don't get the, where's your nine IPAs? Okay. Yeah. So they're asking for imperial milds. <laughs> what, uh... I, well, I mean, whether they're asking for it or not, they're getting it. That's... <laughs> 
Yeah, no, we don't. Uh, we don't even really get the can, what's the strongest thing you got. When I was working in New York, that was like a very popular question. Sure. Yeah, I mean, and I feel like it still is at at festivals whenever those are happening, or you know, if if the vibe of the place, like Pony Bar, for example, I mean, right. is. Um, you get a lot of the commuters, you get a lot of the happy hour crowd, you get a lot of the folks who want to sort of shake the day away, and the best way to do that is through high ABV, as opposed to walking into a comfortable pub like this where you can shake away the day, but also keep your wits about you. Yeah, wits or dark milds or what? what? Nobody, nobody wits, <laughs> wits. Uh, I got a wink. Yeah, I think we just call them Belgian whites these days. But um, your time at Pony Bar, your time bartending in the city, Mm -hmm. how did that inform what you wanted this to be? That's a a great one. So you picked up on that. You know, at at the time, the popular questions were, what do you have that's strong? What do you have that's hoppy? What do you have that's light was actually probably even more popular. We got a lot more of the, can I just get a Bud Light? And we had Bud Light. It was $7 a bottle. For 12 ounces <laughs> right. in New York City in 2009 when a 14-ounce yeah. glass of draft whatever, yeah. you know, uh, Scrimshaw six, Pills six was month out of code, $5. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> it was 2009. <laughs> um, but the popular questions were, what do you have that's strong? What do you have that's light? What do you have that's hoppy? What do you have? Like, what IPA do you have? Yeah. Um, uh, what do you have that tastes like a blue moon? Sure. What do you have that's etc etc sour yeah. sour was a popular one sour okay uh, so that informed me that I had to have at least eight taps and satisfy all of those things and okay. I've I've really never fully realized that I've never had this draft list or this list be exactly that but we've had it pretty darn close you know we've been able to say like well, what do you have that but that's not really those aren't really popular questions you know that's shifted yeah but that did inform me as to like what could maybe satisfy the beer drinker in general. And I think that's what we're seeing now is we're seeing people who are going out to a brewery are sorting themselves out. Maybe they're going to to enjoy the atmosphere. You know, a place like this, we get a lot of people, they wouldn't mind if we were selling serving something else. Uh, but I do think that a lot of people who are seeking out breweries now are looking for, uh, you know, those beer questions, like for answers to those beer questions. Therefore, uh, if there's 100% of beer drinkers and 20% of those beer drinkers only want IPA, yeah. you know, they might not be super happy here, but they'd, they'd find something they like. If 30 to 40% total, uh, well, and so another additional 15 to 20% want Imperial Stout or IPA, Pastry Stout or IPA or something like this. And then from there on, I would say that arguably about 20% of the market doesn't want IPA at all. So what I've always strived for is to satisfy 100% of the market by having things like pub ale that can satisfy maybe 60% of these people, of yeah. people, and then, you know, whatever it is, uh, Scooch or Stupid Kitty or something that is at least hop forward enough to satisfy the, the IPA drinker. To, to scratch that itch. Right. Yeah. How has the conversation evolved in the years that you've been open with some of those customers that come in looking for what they think the craft market is, or their experience of the craft market. Has those, have those conversations evolved over time? Absolutely, and I feel like those conversations evolved. I mean, I think we've all had that journey, right? Whether you jumped from uh, Samuel Smith Oatmeal Stout and Yingling Black and Tan and Guinness to, oh, wow, I also enjoy this, 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 and then maybe landed somewhere and you hit your stride and then you always come back to what 
you originally fell in love with. Yeah. But I do find that a lot of people who used to only exclusively drink IPA or hop forward aren't always just that anymore. They do, they do want some variety. I have noticed that. There has been a shift in the conversation. And lower ABV has become more than ever, I think, a, uh, I feel like a, uh, a thing. I'm drinking lower ABV these days. I'm, I'm dabbling a lot more in the NAs, uh, and I think that there is something to be said for all of us getting older, a little bit wiser, wanting to function well the next day, but also the, the, the quality, I think, has gotten better mm -hmm. as well. It was hard um, uh, for a long time. When you're thinking about a new recipe now or a new beer to put out, are, are you starting with ABV? Are you, are you in mind? Where, oh. where, where do you, where no. does the process begin for you? I, th I feel like we're on a, we're in a stride where we just want to make sure we have a rotation of variety. So ABV may play into that, but it's more seasonally deliberate within like, for instance, uh, our holiday beer that comes out every year around this time is 11% plus. And so we make sure that we brew it now. I sure. mean, that could shift. We could say like, that, that one started a lot higher this year and finished a lot higher. So similar ABV, but a lot sweeter. Yeah. Um, so we may designate or determine what we're brewing by ABV just because that's appropriate for when we're brewing it. So our Doppelbach comes out around, uh, uh, what do you call, Lent. So yeah. we would make sure we have a 7 to 8% double box style liquid so, bread yeah yeah exactly somebody has to live off of it. <laughs> there is a guy right who is isn't there a guy who every lent just only drinks beer and like blogs <laughs> <laughs> i do one well, that's week. 365 but yeah, yeah that's yeah no there is there is a there's a person who does all 40 days i've yeah. never i've done a week i've done seven days really yeah well all right i wasn't planning on this wasn't <laughs> on my bingo card but um walk me through what's that like awful <laughs> it's really, I didn't realize how awful it was until I did a juice fast earlier this year. If anybody ever tells you a juice fast is challenging, tell them to do a beer fast. All right, but like, let's, let's walk through it. Like, first day, you're like, all right, this is kind of good. First day, good. I just drink water because I know what's coming. Because yeah. I've done it. And so when I worked at Newburgh Brewing, Chris Basso and I did that. Yeah. And so I, I've been doing this for years, and it hasn't been every year. I've given up, or I've, uh, I've, I've shifted, I've skipped a year. You know, there was that whole 2020 thing. Sure. So, yeah. Um, I, it's day one is typically just water and then day two, uh, it's four pints a day for seven days. And by day six, I'm just drinking water again. I can't do it. I can't have seven, uh, four, 7% seven beers. But like, what's your body going through at that point? Uh, it's just is doing it mad at you? No, it's cool. It's like, I mean, I guess maybe my, my okay. body's like, what the is hell? Is your family mad at you? Uh, I, I, <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Davi. <laughs> no, they didn't. I don't think they know. I, I, I do enough harebrained crap that, uh, you know. Okay. I run every day, yeah. at least two miles a day. Right, yeah. And that's, like, normal. It's, I don't know. It's not, I don't know. All right. It's weird. But yeah. I'm just, it's, I didn't realize it was awful until I did juice. And I was like, this is great because you're getting, like, nutrition. Yeah. And nourishment. Yeah, instead of just Four the double buck. Yeah. yeah, wow. And they're like way drier than they used to be. You know, I'm sure when the monks were doing it, they were like finishing at 10 Play-Doh or something. Yeah, they were but also super infected. So, yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. Full of pediococcus. <laughs> 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 if it's not an infection, if you inoculate it. You know? um, all right, so you talked about harebrained ideas. Mm -hmm. And 
I know it, it, it's harder to do these days, but in the beginning, uh, your social media was filled with characters. It was playing into uh, your acting background. It was it was drawing people in in a in, in a fun way. Um, what's the craziest thing you've done? What's the what's the harebrained thing that still sticks out in your mind after all these years at the brewery of like, either you oh. can't believe you got away with it or you're oh. still paying off the insurance? Oh, I don't know. I, nothing comes to mind. I drank, oh. Ryan, for a long time I was uh, drinking concoctions and I... Uh, the I, cocktail? Cocktails, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Ooh. Um, I threw a clove cigarette into a shot of espresso and drank an ounce of anise and it was awful. That w- I would say that was the worst thing I've ever done, but I, I don't think that was there was any like there was only cerebral damage from that. I don't yeah, think I there was like say. any collateral damage. Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I would have to have somebody else answer. Maybe this is the audience participation That's portion. Right. You know, I don't know. I don't think I'm clean. I mean, I'm probably. <laughs> I probably just left the mess in the corner instead of cleaning it up. I put the paper towel over it. That's the Bond Place After Dark segment that we do. (laughs) Well, it is Uh, dark out. Yeah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) All right. Talk to me about your relationship with beer and food and where you think the two belong together. Right. So. uh, And then we're going to talk about what we're doing tonight. But yeah. I. I, I've Let's start with the you know, <laughs> 35,000 foot view and then sort of dial in. So the paradigm shift for me occurred when I was drinking Samuel Smith oatmeal stout. I mean, I had referenced it once earlier, and I realized that there was no chocolate in that beer. And that freaked me out. Yeah. It was pretty cool. Because then it was like, well, Cascade hops and grapefruit. Like, Cascade hops don't taste like grapefruit. They taste like, Josh could help me out here, whatever that, whatever that chemical is called. Uh, lup- lupulin? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it tastes yeah. like lupulin, right? Okay, Everything sure, tastes yeah. like lupulin. Lanolin sure. and lupulin. Okay. It's the, the two people who discovered Rome. So, <laughs> that's nothing, nothing. I got nothing to yeah. do. Okay, yeah. So, uh, that started the, like, sort of... I know you're, col- tr- you're trying hard. Right? I'm that's trying good. so it's, it's darn okay. hard. Just, yeah, that's fine. It's just, uh, it's just my whole life. It's Monday night. Culinary uh, <laughs> accompaniment. <laughs> I, you know, I bought, I, I think wine and beer, do, you know, both do really well with food. I, I don't know that whiskey or tequila do as well with food. So, right. um, despite my 17th year on this planet. So, uh, I, I feel like beer pairs really well with food because of the brewer's responsibility to that product and like the ability to, uh, control and dial in those flavors and, and to sort of maybe like mess with people's heads a little bit, you know? And, 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 and certain beers, of course, do pair, we'll say better with certain foods, but yeah. I also have a really strange palate, you know? Like, I, like, I like things that I don't know that everybody likes. What's a good example of that? Uh, licorice. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, mustard, I like a lot of mustard, like a, a ridiculous amount of mustard. I'm seeing people nod along with you. I don't think you've said anything. Licorice and mustard together. Sure. Yeah. yeah. When you're dipping it in. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I getting right down into the nitty gritty of the jar. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Don't. <laughs> Don't. What's that Belgian mustard beer? I love that beer. Is there a Belgian mustard beer? Yeah, they make it with mustard seed. It's awesome. Bushy. I, What's it called? Wistinia. There it is. Wistinia. Oh, Nima. 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 Thank you for bringing a case of Cezanne Dupont. Speaking of beer going really great with food. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of beer going really great with food. I think that's a, it's an awesome example of something, you know, that just how dry it is and peppery and, you know, culinary that beer is, you know. And it doesn't have to be 
so, but I feel like that beer particularly uh, pairs well with a lot of dishes, yeah. you know, whether it's schnitzel or, I don't know, macaroni and cheese or <laughs> peanut butter and jelly. All right, so <laughs> a while back you reached out to me. So you have a recipe in uh, the, the last book that I, that, I, that I did that came out, the Craft Brewery Cookbook. Oh, yeah, you have to sign some of those that, don't uh, you? Pr- at some point, if anybody wants it, that's fine. Yeah. Um, and you wanted to do uh, a fancy peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Like, so July 15th, 2020, the state told us we had to do a fancy peanut butter and jelly sandwich. You see, they if, did, we, if we wanted the to Commonwealth sell... passed a law. <laughs> yeah, they, they said, if you want to continue serving Mui, you need to start serving peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. But Man, not just pe- any... Big peanut butter is really just putting on the... Yeah. <laughs> Those lobbies are strong. And it wasn't just any peanut butter and jelly. They said that we had to get the peanut butter crushed by a little Mennonite shop in Fleetwood, Pennsylvania. And that the fruit butter had to come from a really wonderful farm in Sassamansville, Pennsylvania. And that all the fruit for those fruit butters had to come from within 10 miles, aside from blueberries and cranberries. Am I right? Is that right? That's ish. Right on. Okay. Uh, and that the bread could come from wherever it wanted to come from. And then, of course, chili garlic sauce and potato chips. I, I love everybody who's <laughs> listening to this at home right now. They're just confused as all fuck. Like, it's just, yeah. So in 2020, those if you wanted people. to stay open for the pandemic, you had to serve yeah, food. Yeah, right. So you let's decided go, let's you go. were going to do peanut butter yeah, and jelly. They yeah. were on the original menu, like right. I said. You took us on the scenic route. I just want to dial it in for yeah, the folks man, who are like, the no. fuck is he talking about? I got about? the top off the convertible, baby. Let's right. go. I used the chainsaw to do it. Let's just, <laughs> <laughs> just keep driving. All right. So you started doing peanut butter and jelly. Right. So that you could have food. Yeah. So we wanted to offer something that was, you know, had some sort of nutritional value. We understood that... Of course, there are a lot of nut allergies and gluten allergies, so this could be an issue, but it was shelf-stable. Yeah. It was nutritious. It was delicious, and we could uh, freeze the leftovers and feed them to our son like we're going to do tonight. That's <laughs> <laughs> By the way, everybody, we made like 150 peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. We have paper bags. Please take some home with you. Um, you paid for them. You take them. I, so in thinking about tonight, so you reach out to me a couple months ago, and you say, hey, let's do something for the cookbook. And I was like, absolutely. I want to come out. I want to come to Bond Place. I right. love being here. Right. And you're like, all right, I'm going to think of something. I'll let you know what it is. And I was like, great, we'll do a podcast. That was the starting point. I was like, we'll do a podcast. Mm-hmm. You figure it out. You let me know what you need. And then you come back to me with this idea <laughs> that evolved multiple times, but ultimately turned into we're going to sit in mood lighting. Right. Eating peanut butter and jelly sandwich uh, sandwiches by candlelight, playing with our lightsabers, uh, <laughs> and we're gonna we're gonna pair it with saison. Right. And in my mind, I went back to Carly Simon. Oh. And bear with me here. So Carly Simon was raising money for some charity years ago, and the highest bidder would get to go to her house somewhere like on, on Cape Cod, like let's just call it Martha's Vineyard, right? That she has a house there. Mm-hmm. And she would serve them chocolate cake and vodka. Mm. And at midnight would walk up behind the person who you know, donated the most money to this charity. And she would tell that person and only that person. I wrote this song about you. Right, or, or, yeah, she, she would reveal who the person is. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh. So when you were like, hey, we're going to do Cezanne and peanut butter and jelly sandwiches by candlelight on a day that we're normally closed, <laughs> I was getting really strong Carly Simon <laughs> vibes off of this. I think you should have gotten more meatloaf vibes. <laughs> I would do anything for love. 
that's another podcast that Evan Watson from yeah from Plan, Plan B, B is yeah. here in the audience right now. Um, uh, that's a whole other podcast. But I feel like with that Carly Simon setup that I just gave you, yeah, what is the bond place truth that you can all tell us right now? Whoa, about what? Just in I, general? I don't know. Yeah. Holy crap! I talk about a paradigm shift. I <laughs> didn't see that one coming. Yeah. Gina earlier today said that. Gina, I, what is the bond place truth? What's like the the value? What is? I don't know. I'm just <laughs> fucking with everybody continually. Yeah, well, we know that. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody who's been listening to this for the last 20 So everybody minutes. knows Carly Simon's talking about Warren Beatty and James Taylor. Right. She was married to James Taylor. There you go. Yeah. You're so vain. Yeah. No, I I wanted to get this out, so I don't maybe this will shine some light on it. Earlier today, Gina said the peanut butter and jellies. What, what how did you put it? You said nobody has a bad day with the peanut butter and jelly or something like that. So that's why is that, Gina on this podcast right now? I don't know, man. She has no voice. She said she couldn't do it, and that's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. Uh, that well, so I think that's what Bond Place is in general. When Gina and I lived on Bond Place in Weehawk, and we always came back from New York City, and like, yeah, I was making boatloads of money at Pony Bar, but like, it was it was stressful sometimes, and you would come back to this safe place. And it was like a stone's throw from New York City, you know, or a, if you were Alex, Hawken, who, who, for Alexander who Hamilton, Hamilton just yeah. A, yeah, it's right across, yeah. Right, so. Right, right across from Manhattan. Right across the river from Manhattan, right? Yeah. So it was always this relief. And I feel like that's what Bond Place is. And, that, and the reason I wanted Gina to say that is, well, the eloquence and, of course, articulation that I could never provide. Um, going back to my why, maybe, of just screwing with everybody. Yeah. But truly, I think what Gina just nailed it. And that's what I wanted to, I wanted to make sure that got across is, the bond place why, or the secret, or the trick, or the, the thing is, is just spin on your own axis and just do what you do well and make sure that, you know, you make it comfortable for people. And, you know, if you want to get weird, get weird, but, like, live your life and do your thing. And, and that's, I don't know, Gina said it best. I'm just repeating myself now. Do, do you see, I mean, you, you still get out now and again. You, you mm-hmm. see what the larger industry has become. Yeah. Is there... I feel like, again, going back to that brewing with intention thing, but there, there is, this is what I want the future of beer to be. I want this to be the cozy pub. I want it to be the easy drinking beers that have rich flavor to them and that, that have been crafted carefully and with, with attention, um, but that I also don't have to fuss over when, when I'm drinking it and that I can have a nice conversation as opposed right. to just, you know, ticking off something on an app, and I think those days are, are largely behind a lot of folks. Thanks, um, 
<laughs> it got out of control, really. You know, in my yeah. That's this is a delicious ESB, one star. <laughs> I but I don't like ESB. Yeah, but I don't like ESB. I don't like bitter. <laughs> I found out what the B stands yeah, for. Yeah, get out of my too, way. Yeah, bitter is too bitter. When, um, when we opened, Mui was a pub ale, and I think that's the most genius thing I ever did. Gina was writing on the board. She was like, "What's Mui?" I was like, "A pub ale," because when I went to McCausland in in Montreal, I was yeah. Like, Pub ale, huh? Or Boddington's? Yeah, pub. Boddington's. I like pubs. Yeah. I mean, I like, I like bitter. I like ales. <laughs> I like yeah. ales. Yeah. I like ales and lagers. Like <laughs> Yingling. Uh, that is a popular one. You know? Lager ales. You just go with it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, I think beer got to, it got out of control in so many ways. One of the biggest things I feel like is it just like, snobby's a good word. It just got too, f- it got too fussy and fickle, you know? Like, just enjoy it for what it is. And, you know, I'm not saying that there's not beer out there that I wouldn't that I wouldn't say no thank you to. There, I've been to, I've had an experience recently at a brewery where I, you know, I politely poured the beer in the urinal when I went to the bathroom so that the bartender wouldn't see me pour the beer in the urinal, oh. you know? It's fine. Some, we all pour beer in the urinal. Well, sure, yeah, at some point. <laughs> yeah. So well, half of us, at least. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. in one way or another, the, the dispensing we're, technique. Yeah, we're only so renting it, <laughs> the old line. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Fish, do something in it. Uh, so, uh, something like this. I think beer got out of control in so many ways, and then, you know, uh, well, everybody became you, right, John? They all became experts. No. The, <laughs> no, I'm they far They fancied from it. themselves. Yeah. Well, but that's just the point. Yeah. You know, uh, I think anybody of any notoriety would say they're far from it. There's a lot of really good company in this room right now. Some of the most talented brewers in New York and Pennsylvania are in this room right now. In my opinion, from yeah. the limited amounts of breweries. Do you want to do, do you want to name drop? Oh sure. I mean, strain well, your back a little namely, bit. Namely, there's there's yeah. two Joshes right in front of me. Josh Fryoff, who brews here at Bond Place Brewing Company, and then Josh Bushy, who now brews at uh, Feg- uh, Fegley's Bethlehem Brewers. Woo! The, easily Woo! the most awarded brewer in the room. Um, and then of course Evan Watson, Brendan Breslin, um, Wishful Thinking Brewing, and Plan B Brewing, not respectively the other way around. Uh, Nima from Shangi's over there, not a brewer, but shoot, but he, he but knows how to pour ice over a Saison DuPont like nobody I've ever met. And a hell of a great <laughs> beer store. Yeah. A hell of a great beer store. One of the best, in, uh, another featured article another, recently. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah there's, no, a whole, just, there's a whole list about it. Yeah. I f- I f- yeah. <laughs> there's a cookbook. There's, there's a, a cookbook. List. There's a list, yeah. Oh, shit. And then there's Ryan, who's not in front of me right now. Oh, my God, Ryan. I'm so sorry. Holy cow. See, this is what I do. Ryan Kelly. I said there's somebody else. Yeah. Ryan Kelly over over behind the bar. If we could get a louder <laughs> round of applause. <laughs> who also brews at Bond Place Brewing Company. And now I'm looking around to make sure I did not actually miss yeah. anybody. Yeah. Um, who else wants their name dropped? <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes people come from Queens, New York. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I came uh, all the way from New Jersey for this. This he, is, uh, yeah. 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 Across that, the state a, line. That's a bumper sticker. That's a bumper <laughs> sticker. I came, I came all the, I way, came from all the way from Jersey, <laughs> and, and all I got was this excellent pub ale. Yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, yeah coin, actually, coin it, print it. Yeah, br- you yeah, can have it. It's okay. <laughs> Between Ryan, Josh, and I here at Bomb Place with with uh, with our accolades, I still think Josh Bushy is more awarded than the three of us combined. Um, so yeah, I think I feel like it's just the company you keep and you know, your peers and the respect. And it used to be, I feel like it used to be a lot more of brewers yeah. were in competition of who could make the better Pilsner, right? And what sure. is better anyway? But it's like, oh, damn. It's like Michael Jackson walked in the room and heard Prince for the first time. It's like, 
oh, like, you know, like, what am I going to do about this guy, right? And you're like, oh, shoot, there's this Josh is, Bushy over there. This, Let's. Is how, this is how broken I am <laughs> as as a beer writer is that you said Michael Jackson. And oh, Prince, right. And I thought of the old English guy. <laughs> and he went, oh, <laughs> yeah. my word. Oh, yeah. dear. I'm chuffed. <laughs> um, so... Yeah, I feel like it, it became brewery owners started running the running the Instagram page. Yeah, and brewery owners weren't always brewers, and brewery owners started running the Untapped page, and you know I think Greg Avola is a great person. I really you know I enjoyed when he was doing beta tests at Bond Place. Sure, or, that's not Bond Place, Pony Bar. Yeah, back when I worked at Pony Bar, yeah, not Bond Place. Uh, I do think that there's some good in it, but I think it just got out of hand, you know. And I think brewery owners are to blame. I'll point uh, out that Greg is not with that company. I anymore. do know that. That's yeah, why I can speak so freely about yeah, how no, much I like him. Yeah, now. no, it's yeah, same <laughs> as an early beta tester. He's like, oh, this is kind of neat. Yeah, way to keep I'm not gonna. He's like the Keurig guy. He yeah. ruined the world. <laughs> all those disposable, non-disposable coffee cups in the ocean. Now. Yeah, that all the sea turtles are dying because of it. Right, because of Greg Avola. Because of Greg Avola. <laughs> 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 you heard it here first. Untapped is killing sea turtles. Right. It's, I don't know that anybody. I don't know. I'm just here to report the news. I don't know that anybody who uses Untapno actually knows who Greg is. I think he got out on Oh, he got out. Yeah, yeah he's, he's cool. Yeah. He's, he's great. great, uh, great we're great, dating great. ourselves up here. Mm. Um, well, we are at the sweetheart table. <laughs> More in a moment. But first, this message. Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust? Or is it a <clears throat> real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify's sleek, reliable POS hardware takes every major payment method and looks fabulous at the same time. With Shopify POS, you can accept credit cards, mobile payments, and every other major payment method, all with low fees and transparent pricing starting on day one. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash drink beer. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash drink beer to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash drink beer. And now back to my conversation with Sam Masato of Bond Place Brewing. I want to jump really quickly back to Cezanne. Uh, and peanut butter and jelly, and why you think that's a nice pairing? So actually, I think it's a nice pairing. But so I so the beer that everybody is so this pin of course is uh, very foamy, as everybody has probably realized. Just the jelly is the beer you're drinking. I racked this into a pin just in case a week ago, or yeah. actually five days ago, and it's very active. It was at one and a half Play-Doh when I racked it. So Tell us about the beer. Right. So. The, our six-year-old son and I picked about 100 pounds of plums and cherries off these trees right out here. And we knew that we were going to put them into a grisette. I'm looking at a parking lot. Yeah, right behind the parking lot. Okay. Truly. <laughs> like, plums I actually, and I, was, I, could, I could go do the whole theatrics of it, right? I could open the door for everybody, which everybody should take note that the greenway right here, there's a portion of greenway that has uh, uh, fruit trees, fruiting trees, edible fruiting trees. The trees aren't. The fruit is. So Davi and I picked about 100 pounds of plums and cherries when okay. we were evacuating the fooder last. We were evacuating the fooder. It was uh, the lemon yuzushiro, which is on tap right now. Yeah. Uh, all local ingredients as well. And while that, the grisette went into the fooder, I had said to Ryan and Josh, I said, what do you guys think about using some of the... Uh, oh, actually, after our conversation. Yeah. I said, well, why don't we put fruit butter from Bauman's Farms, from Bauman's uh, the fruit butter... Right. And you're contractually obligated to use. In the beer, right, by the state. Yeah, by the state. July 15th, 2020. So we decided to get these fruit butters from Bauman's because we also knew that they, if they weren't from Pennsylvania, they were from New Jersey. It was local fruit. Sure. 
So we decided to condition this grisette on 120 pounds of apple plum and cherry butter. And what ended up happening was, of course, what, is, what does yeast do to sugar? It, yeah, as any good, good homebrewer knows. Has a good time. Yeah. yeah, as any good frat boy knows. So we, uh, we conditioned it in, the uh, in stainless steel on those, three, uh, on those three fruit butters. And we decided to sort of, this event was to celebrate that beer. It is made with jelly. Yeah. Or, well, fruit butter, right? There's yeah. a difference. You know the difference between jam and jelly, don't you? No, please, please, please enlighten us. <laughs> okay. Uh, so... Um, <laughs> See, I'm bad at these. I'm bad at these puns. You're, you were saying, is that a, did well, the difference it? between jam and jelly? Is of course uh, one has seeds, right? Okay. You can tune a fish, um, <laughs> but you can't tune a piano or something. Evan, help me out. You're the music guy. Uh, that's right. Sushi. Let's go. So, so speaking of pairings with saison, ginger. So early on, Bond Place was like, why don't we do custom beers? Why don't we do like ginger lime saisons for people who like want to celebrate their 50th wedding anniversary at an all-you-could-eat sushi restaurant. This is true. It's like an original <laughs> business plan. So the fruit butter beer, we decided that we would put all the jelly in there, condition it on jelly, and that it would be a locally, like a local ingredient, locally sourced, celebrating peanut butter and jelly and saison podcasts. Yeah. And it goes back to my reason why Bond Place exists. I'm just, this is like, you know, welcome to my, I'm Alice Cooper, baby. I'm, <laughs> there's that Charlie Day uh, gif that exists where he's got all of the red strings and the, and the pictures and he's just trying to connect all of the dots. This is how I feel <laughs> trying to talk to you right now. Yeah, imagine. Where I, have, I have no idea where the fuck we are in this conversation yeah. anymore. Well, there's, there's <laughs> metrics to it. There's a hologram that just regulates the entire thing. Uh, did I answer your original question? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> we used the fruit butter from yeah, Bauman's in because, a saison. Yeah. yeah. Because, so when they mandated this, I was like, "We're not just going to use crustables. We're going to do this thing, and I'm going to drive a hundred miles each way to get peanut butter and jelly." And we got the jelly from Bauman's, and I fell in love with this place. Okay. Absolutely fell in love with their whole thing. Yeah. Uh, Caitlin Bauman's in the house right now. Okay. Yes. Huge Woo! shout out to this legacy of like, this is where Pennsylvania excels, right? It's just like the, the snack capital of the world. Okay. It is. It's like in the Amish or Amish or whatever, yeah. the, and the Mennonites, they're yeah. like. Well, you got your the, potato chips, you got your pretzels. Pretzels, potato chips, yeah. peanut butter, and I mean. Yeah. They cured, go. Cured meats. And yeah. it's so good. Yeah. It's so good. And this place is like. One day I got into a conversation. They actually said, I don't know who used to work there. She had an interesting name, Clarissa, Cara. Um, this person that used to get my email, she's like, boy, we love your emails. I was like, why? She's like, they're, they're so funny. I was like, it's me saying I want to order fruit butter. No, I, I can absolutely understand because I get those texts and I get those emails. Like, yeah, I'll read some of them later on for folks who want them, but it, yeah. Yeah, it starts off with you. So in the War of 1876, <laughs> what you have to understand is when Liza Minnelli was accepting her very first Tony, yeah. and it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? It's like, so it says, some peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Yeah. I think it's a Grammy and a Tony, right? <laughs> so she is uh, Dorothy's daughter. Yeah. So <laughs> I fell in love with this place and like everything about it, and my drives there became so romantic, right? It was like this like... 
this, I'm driving for salvation. And then I would go to Padre Pio across the street and like actually drive for salvation. Okay. And light a candle, you know, for loved ones. And this place became, the, and it's right by Hidden River Brewing Company, another brewery that I think is wonderful. And I think Josh, Kevin, and Blake and uh, Mark do a wonderful job there as well. Okay. I think I named everybody. Please, yeah, I, don't, I, I don't hope I named them, everybody. Yeah. Ryan, I love you. Ryan, I love you. Steven also in I'm going to start playing you off pretty soon. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah. I need Naming everybody, yeah. Uh, uh, st- uh, so this became such a, like, a fond... I just had to use their fruit butter in a beer. And it was really... It was based on the conversation that Eugene and I had, like, hey, let's have a book signing. Right. Well, why not have a book signing beer release? And in 2021, Mike Lorenz, who's sitting right here, his band did the same thing, and it was really wonderful. It was, like, the first thing after shutdowns. Yeah. We had this ticketed event where people got a bottle of Saison that we like came up with the recipe together. Uh, a member of the band drew the label um, and we all collaborated very much on this idea. And we brewed this beer to pair with the food and the music. And the beer was called Since You Slipped, which was a lyric in one of the songs. Okay. And everybody got a digital download of this, this album from the Witherbees. Yeah. So I said, why not model just the jelly after that, except instead of a band performing, the podcast is the occurring. Podcast is, yeah. And it's audience reaction. And it's visceral. It's always the missing element in beer, I feel like. So you could, of course, listen to Carbonation, but who wants to do that? Or you could <laughs> listen to you could listen to conversation. I know, there's a lot of brewers in this room. Chris Roth is actually first-hand to Carbonation up. is white noise. Yeah. Right. yeah. Is that a metal band from the 80s? <laughs> We are Carbonation! <laughs> yeah. So Hello Bethlehem. So I think that that was what what was that was the always the other the other sense, the tantalizing sense of, of Bond Place. You know, there's no televisions. Yeah. There's conversation. I like that, yeah. You know? So there's the Another smell, the taste, yeah. the, the, the feel, there's tactile sensation. You can't listen to beer, but you can listen to a band, you can listen to music, you can listen to conversation. So what's replacing it? in the case of Since You Slipped, yeah. is exactly this. And it, it is this, like, you know, like, it's just that that's what's up about Bomb Place, you yeah. know? I'm going to quote Linus again, you know? <laughs> the Great Pumpkin does exist. Really <laughs> yeah. Um, when you think about, there's always this conversation about local. And for a long time, you know, people would come in and they wouldn't say, what's your strongest... Uh, you know, they'd say, what's new, what's rare, what's local? Oh. Uh, and that was that big beer nerd question of oh. uh, go, going to places. But working with local companies, working with local ingredients, um, I'm not going to use the word terroir because that's, mm-hmm. you know. We already went over that. We already went over that. Um, <laughs> we did go over that. Speaking um, of Neva. Before we started. Um, uh, but does that resonate? Does that help? even more with a sense of place or, or I don't know, it, it, even if it's 5% of the people who come through that yeah. resonate with it, does it, I don't know, do, do, does it does it help your soul? As it, a yeah, and I think it, that's, yeah. like, you, you, you know, John, what you're amazing at is picking up this, you know, like, I think you do connect the dots more than you realize, right? We don't use local ingredients because we could say, oh, we could charge more for fresh and wet because we use local. We brew it every year because we get to, like, get hops harvested the day before. Right. And locally sourced malt, I had a commitment when we first opened that every pallet of bulk malt that I would purchase from a supplier, I would do one recipe of uh, local malt. 
And it's a commitment for me, so it does satisfy the soul. And that's something about, you know, you're nailing it with just the jelly. This is all local ingredients, you know. Uh, it's debatable whether hops actually ended up in it. I keep saying that we use Murphy's hops, uh -huh. and I'm being told that we did not. But it's in a clear bottle, so we'll be all right. Okay. You know, so... Is uh, it a gruit? Are we drinking a gruit? <laughs> I guess you technically are, okay. yeah. Well, no, there's no other herb, right? So it's a, a fruit. Okay. So, <clears throat> man, get that hook out, baby. I'm di I'm like... <laughs> I don't know. Like no, I'm it's, the it's the acoustics in here. Oh, it's just the nobody acoustics. can actually hear anything. Nobody say. can hear it. Yeah, I can hear. It. Yeah, and I have horrible hearing. Okay. So there is something satisfying. I would be curious to ask Ryan and Josh that same question. You know, as for them, Ryan and Josh, would you they're, say they're, they're hosting something? their own podcast yeah. right now? Well, and they're also yeah doing what I said I was going to do. I'll serve everybody and do a podcast yeah. at the same time. Look at me. I can do everything. I'm an octopus. I can't do anything. So. Um, <laughs> <laughs> octopus are so smart. Uh, you know what octopu <laughs> octopuses? It's not octopi, and it's not octopodes. It's octopuses. It's a bastardized Greek-Latin word. We're on the rails, baby. I got the top off the convertible, and I'm wearing... Oh, no. no, no, no. This is the third rail. <laughs> yeah. This is... Don't pee on it. Yeah. <laughs> not even if you get dared to. Oh, you asked Next about time. the weirdest thing I ever did in a video. Uh-huh. So... Um, <laughs> so I would say, yes, there's something like very satisfying about using local whenever, and I wouldn't say whenever possible because that's not true. Um, there are very, there's, I would name uh, plan B as using local whenever possible. Well, yeah, that's why I wasn't <laughs> going to bring up Tawar when, yeah. Yeah, when, when we're sitting amongst the, yeah, Evan and Emily, Emily and Evan, yeah. yeah. Uh, the Seed in Atlantic City does a great job with that as I've well. I've heard of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyway, yeah. so... Uh, yeah. I feel like a lot of that, a lot of that great Atlantic City terroir, which yeah, <laughs> that's why they get the malt from somewhere else. It's cigarette yeah. butts and needles off mm. the beach. Yeah, it's speaking uh, of yeah. Bethlehem in 2015. Right. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I, there is a, there is absolutely <laughs> <It's atmosphere>. yeah <laughs> there is absolutely a satisfaction to using local ingredients and to having relationships with these purveyors and these providers, you know, uh, and being able to go to these spots and talk to Kathy Bauman about what is it what does it take to get 120 pounds of fruit butter. And her replying with, is Kathy your grandmom, your mom, your aunt, your... Oh, word up. Okay, cool. Okay, so you're Bauman by relation, uh, by re uh, marriage, I mean, cool. And what is your name? John, John Bauman. Holy moly, we're really amongst... Uh, we're, we're amongst... Yeah, greatness. Eastern Pennsylvania yeah, Southeast royalty. Yeah. So there's something about going to Kathy Bauman and saying like, hey, how do I get 120 pounds of fruit butter? Thank you, Gina. How do I get 120 pounds of fruit butter? And her saying... Oh, geez. Well, we just got these plums in, and I've got these cherries in the freezer, and you know what? We can get them to you in three weeks. And me calling incessantly, be like, hey, just one. And they're like, we're going to get them to you. We're gonna, and me showing up, and sure enough, 120 pounds. And they're like, we do this for one other place in Philadelphia that makes ice cream with it. There is something so rad about that. Yeah. I mean, I would take trips there just because. And I'm like, I got a lot of work to do. I can't be taking trips here just because. This was 2020, of course. More recently, though, I mean, truly having those relationships, you know, being able to call up Scott Murphy and saying we need 60 pounds of, of Cascade hops for fresh and wet. Yeah. Being able to call up Mark Brault, where Josh, Josh, who brews here now, worked with Mark, Mark for years. You know, he's a maltster by, by, by uh, you know, former yeah. uh, life, you know. So, again, I would, I'd be curious to ask other people who, who my coworkers here, but also other brewers in the room, you know. There is something satisfying for the brewer, and you don't really necessarily got to train. Like, I don't know that the consumer always cares. 
Yeah. But I think there is a certain level, and I don't think I've ever gotten, what do you have that's local? I've never gotten that question. All right. Uh, rare, maybe people seek it out. They're like, well, I heard you have a Troon beer on. Okay. Like, you know, something like this. But yeah. otherwise, I don't think anybody's ever said, like, what, maybe what do we have to kick to get this on? Okay. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and then... Yeah, that's yeah. a great way of moving beer, by the way. Oh, I love yeah. it. I love when people, because yeah. I'm like, you're really paying attention. It's like, where's Daft? I'm like, how'd you know it's like even in queue? They're like, I saw it on Instagram. How do I get it on? I'm like, you got to drink this beer. They're like, I'm drinking it. I, yeah. I'm yeah. doing that. I'm going to order 60 pints right now. I'm here for, for that. Yeah. yeah. Um, before I let you go, mm -mm. Uh, I want to ask you the green door Don't question. Don't ever let me go, Jack. That's... Or Liza Minnelli. This, uh, yeah, this, this table isn't uh, buoyant and, and big enough for the two of us right now. Um, <laughs> Even though you have your uh, life vest on. My life vest on, yeah, I just jumped ship. I'm wearing my Marty McFly right now. <laughs> I'll just get a tab. Um, you haven't ordered anything yet. <laughs> I'll take a Pepsi free. I am wearing, just for everybody who's listening at home, I have this, uh, this, this down vest uh, that I ordered. That Land's I, End? Uh, it's REI. Yeah. It's like the REI brand, oh, uh, whatever that, that is. So I meant just, BB, yeah. elbow, elbow, elbow Bean, LL Bean. <laughs> yes. Uh, the color looked a lot darker online when I got it, and this is full Coast Guard orange. When this is this is full life preserver, but it's warm and it's comfortable and it looks okay with the flannel shirt. So I was like, fine. Which is also really fun that I'm wearing a down vest and and, and sneakers. If you and, had Nikes yeah. that dried themselves, you'd be. <laughs> and you're. I'm only right using now. the Marty McFly. And you're wearing thing a button-down shirt and a bow tie right and now. An apron. So I feel, Don't and an apron. Yeah. Um, and oh, and nice They're jeans. Levi's. Ooh. Well, I, all right. Made we're, for we're the American worker. Um, Anyway, wardrobe aside, uh, I'm going to cut off most of this from, from the conversation, by the way. Uh, I want to ask you the green door question. Talk to which, me. I uh, have a green door in my apartment, by the way. In the, in the, 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 the television show, Did the you know Good there's place. a place around here called the green door that's for swingers? No. It's in Freemansburg. It's a real. It's not for, no, that's not for swingers. It's not for swingers. Oh, we're not talking about not, not on the air? If it happened before 1986, I know about it. If it happened after 86, I don't know. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Hang on. All right. The green door question, which has nothing to do with swingers, although maybe it will in just That's a moment. A Let's ask too, the question. Maybe. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Can you hand me my DuPont? <laughs> Please. Uh, Thank you. Yeah. Is this the first beer you've ever served me, John? Uh, probably. I love that. We Can we talk about when you wrote well? a real quick that yeah. so Pony Bar uh -huh. flash forward to me working in a pork shop as a vegetarian you yeah. come through to write a thing about Mr. Harry you come here after GABF and do a thing for Craft Beer and Brewing Magazine sure you've come here a number of times we've done things with Wine Enthusiast yeah. Magazine of course yeah. if I could just keep saying how sure. great all, you all are about beer, all and now we are here and, and then oh, of course here. the, the, the podcast you do the with Augie uh, sure yeah uh, steal this beer steal this beer where nobody talks but Sam nobody talks yeah so good so what's your question? <laughs> All right. The green door question is, in the television show The Good Place, in the final season, they introduce a concept of a green door where the characters can walk through yeah. and be anywhere doing whatever they want to be doing. If we had a green door on our plane of existence yeah. that you could walk through after this conversation is over yeah. and be at any pub or any brewery anywhere in the world, where would you want to go? Mm -hmm. Who would you want to be with? Oh, and geez. what would you like to be drinking? Oh. Strap in, kids. I'm gonna just, I'm gonna give you the easy answer and say that right here, right now, truly, because that was the first thing that came to mind. 
but I would like to give that a, a second thought. Sure, take your time. Um, but right here, right now would be great. I mean, like, this is kind of, this is great. I'm drinking a, a Cezanne DuPont with yeah. people that I really love, and uh, I, I don't know why would I want to be anywhere else, but uh, shoot, man, I'd be, oh, man, oh, man, I'd be like, I'd be on a desert island with a Genesee cream ale. I don't know. I, I feel like. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I feel like. Uh, no, nah, it's not even true, though, you know. Uh, Green Door. Iceland comes to mind. England, the UK comes to mind. I, I never have interesting answers for this, you see. This is not it. Yeah. Uh, Brewery brewer, Zot. I remember having a really good time with Gina there years ago. That was rad, you know. Like, uh, I have really great. I think I've done all of that. Okay. So, like, oh, you know, it'd be cool. No. I'd love to be at Newburgh Brewing Company with Paul Haleko right now drinking a cream ale. Okay. I would love that. That's a great that's a great answer. I would love that. That would really be great. All right. I think I'm gonna do that soon. Perfect. Yeah. I love that. I'm gonna bring a green door with me and be like, Paul, hold this for a second. <laughs> <laughs> I need kick to, this sucker I need down. to do something for Instagram. Yeah. yeah. I would say with Emily and Evan on the farm, that was my fortieth birthday and it wasn't a green door, it was a uh, a refrigerator door. And and I had to be pulled out of there because I was in the lager cave drinking like fresh lager out of a refrigerated fodder. And it was, or I don't even know if that's what was happening. Who does? Yeah. You would if anybody. Emily would if anybody. Um, um, yeah, there's a lot of answers to that question, but truly, here and now was the first one. And then, second, final answer Paul Haleko, Newburgh Brewing Company. Yeah. I think what I'm going to need to do for this episode is, is sort of that director's commentary, yeah. but just have Gina pull out the Rosetta Stone and just sort of give us... What was that other stone that they used, like Hammurabi's Code? Like, uh, you need that stone. This goes away. This is deep stuff. This oh is like... Gosh. This is hex hexagonal, you know. Thank you to you and to Gina and to everybody here Thank for a, an amazing experience uh, th this evening, for great Cezanne, for great company, for obviously for the peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, um, but really just what you all have created and done. Um, this is important for beer, and this is important for that beer experience. So um, thanks for having us here. Thanks, everybody, for coming out. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. My sincere thanks to everyone who came out to the brewery for this event. And on this Thanksgiving week, please accept my thanks to all of you for listening, for supporting All About Beer, and for the great notes you're always sending along. I hope that this week is calm, happy, and filled with good food and good company for you all. If you need to reach me, you can get in touch with questions, comments, guest suggestions, or anything else. It's John Hall, that's J-O-H-N-H-O-L-L, -L, at allaboutbeer.com. And a reminder, go visit allaboutbeer.com. There you can check out the podcast page, the merch page, and read great new content as well as the archives going back to 1979. Follow All About Beer on social media at All About Beer. And if you're interested in supporting journalism in the beer space, and really, why wouldn't you be? Email us at info at allaboutbeer.com for advertising information or simply go to patreon.com slash allaboutbeer. Speaking of advertising, here is a quick word from this episode's sponsor. Shopify's already taken the cash register online, helping millions sell billions around the world. But did you know that Shopify can do the same thing at your retail store? Give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. 
Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash drink beer. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash drink beer to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash drink beer. Don't forget, All About Beer is a podcast channel now. Search and subscribe on your podcast platform of choice. Still This Beer has new episodes every Monday, and the BYO Nano podcast comes out on the 15th of every month. As for this show, Nate Weber does the music, Jeff Quinn designed our logo, and I'm John Hall. New episodes release every Wednesday, and that's when I'm going to be back again to drink beer and to think beer.